Hello and welcome to your GG Replay for Wednesday, December 15th, 2021. GG Replay is a Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast where we break down the latest in gaming news hosted by me, the Goodnight Groof, a place for games and a place for goof. Yes, that's right. Today's a solo show and the slogan is, of course, still being workshopped. No Paul today. He's off being a good boyfriend for Rachel's birthday. So just me. It's just me, Matt. So I'm sure I threw a bunch of people off at the beginning when you heard my voice coming in. Usually we begin the show with a little bit of short intro banter. That's not really going to happen today. It would be kind of weird if I was just talking to myself about my day. I'm not really sure if you guys are all super interested in that. So you know what? We're just going to move right into things today. It's going to be a bit of a shorter show, but that's kind of how things are when I'm not bouncing ideas off of Paul and and whatnot. Also just finished recording an episode of Game Groofs with the boys. Obviously Paul wasn't there, but it was a show with Mike and Josh. Covered a lot of topics that are really stuff that they're interested in and not necessarily... You know, Paul plays a lot of FPS, but Mike and Josh, definitely more so than, than me, are, are sort of our big FPS guys. So we really dove into to that on uh, Game Groofs this week. So check that out on Friday if you're a patron, Sunday... If you're not, it'll be released to the public. Corrections. If you come across any necessary corrections in today's episode, please send them to ggreplayshow at gmail.com so we can address them in the next episode. There were none from the last episode, so of course we were perfect as always. But really, don't don't be afraid to, to send us corrections. If we're wrong and we're not aware and we're confidently being incorrect in some, some piece of news, let us know. We would love to make sure that we correct those and... Make sure that people get all the right information. You know what? Maybe we are just perfect. I don't know. I don't know. All right. So the reviews are in, or in this case, the review is in. Eterna Noctis. It's a Metroidvania. I got a 78 on Open Critic. It's out today. Really classic look to it. Reminds me of like an indie looking Castlevania. That's really sort of the vibe that it gives off. I saw someone on YouTube reviewing it. They were really impressed by it. They... They felt like it was a top-tier Metroidvania, a game-of-the-year type thing almost. I don't know. They were really impressed by it. I don't know if, of course, this sort of side-scroller Metroidvania is not necessarily my thing in general. Uh, but even saying that, you know, if it were, I don't know if this is quite on that level. Obviously, the critics don't necessarily agree. A 78, it's not a bad score, but I mean, it's certainly not game-of-the-year or Metroidvania-of-the-year even type of score necessarily. But... Not bad. Like I said, you know, this is from a smaller team. Like I said, it looks like an indie-looking Castlevania, so no hurt in checking it out. And if you're a big fan of Castlevania, I don't see why you you want to at least take a look. All right, let's move into the stories here. We have a pretty big one today. Paul and I discussed the possibility of this on the last GG replay, and we got some rumors from Tom Henderson that don't seem to necessarily be right unless there's two Splinter Cell games in development. And that's what I mean is a Splinter Cell remake uh, has begun development at Ubisoft Toronto. Ubisoft made this announcement via a blog post on their website. They said, quote, Ubisoft has greenlit the development of a Splinter Cell remake that will draw from the rich canvas of the brand led by Ubisoft Toronto. The game will be rebuilt from the ground up using Ubisoft's own Snowdrop engine. Uh, you'll note Snowdrop is being used in their upcoming Avatar game. It, it was used in The Division, so it's it's sort of their, I don't know, I guess their, their next-gen 
engine where they can do some some different things and they're pretty big on it and I do think it's a pretty impressive engine. I think a lot of the jank in Ubisoft games comes from how quickly their development cycles are, not necessarily from the engine itself. So I do think the Snowdrop engine is a pretty solid engine. Uh, this game is being led by creative director Chris Otti, producer Matt West, and technical producer Peter Hendrinos. And they answered a few Q&A type stuff on that blog post. Obviously, the questions are coming from Ubisoft, not from people and fans and players, because this is how we're finding out about the Splinter Cell remake, which is kind of weird, being announced on a blog post. But some people have pointed out, and this makes sense, that this is more like a call to hiring. Also, Ubisoft has gotten involved in some NFT stuff this week, and people are saying that's probably a deflection for that. It's like, okay, everyone, you can finally be happy. We're working on a Splinter Cell. Like, get off our backs. I think it's great news. People love Splinter Cell. I think this is the right thing to do, a Splinter Cell remake. That's going to make people happy, I think. And if on the side you are working on this rumored open world, potentially Metal Gear Solid-esque Splinter Cell game, I think that's okay too. I mean, if if you listen to the last episode, you'll understand why I think it's okay to take a stab at an open world Splinter Cell, partly because that's just the direction the games are going. Technology moves forward in games to mimic real life, and real life is an open world, so you can do open world differently. Like I said in last week's, uh, I keep saying, I think I keep saying last week, I mean the last episode, which is two days ago on Monday. It doesn't always have to be like Far Cry, Assassin's Creed, climbing towers, clearing parts of a map, unlocking different areas of the map. Like, it doesn't have to be like that. Like, open world can be done differently. And so I don't think it's okay to just blanket dismiss a potential open world Splinter Cell. But regardless, that that's, that's, doesn't really matter here because a Splinter Cell remake, obviously, I think implies not open world. I, I As far as I can tell, it implies that they're remaking the original Splinter Cell. So there you go. Fans, be happy. It's coming back. It's going to be in Snowdrop. And it's going to look really pretty, maybe a little janky. That's okay. That's okay. It'll be fun. Speaking of Ubisoft and NFTs, Stalker 2 is getting NFTs. So this is from The Verge. GSC Game World, which is developing the game, has announced that Stalker... Sorry, they've announced the Stalker Metaverse. Everything is going to be a metaverse. We're, we're really going down this path, huh? We're, we're actually doing this. Uh, which will use blockchain technology to let the community own a piece of Stalker 2. That includes the opportunity to become the first ever metahuman, which GSC Game World appears to define as a non-player character, so an NPC rendered in very high detail. Uh, really weird. Uh, to become a metahuman, players will be able to bid for an NFT offering that prize as part of an auction taking place in January 2022. Whoever, quote, owns the NFT will uh, to become an NPC in the game will be able to buy and sell it up until a specific claim date after the auction. Okay, so this is absolutely going to be a little controversial. I don't really have a problem with this. If they want to have an easy cash grab... And as long as it doesn't ruin other parts of the game and take away from other parts of the game, I don't really see the problem. I think it's kind of cool, this idea where you can become an NPC. I, 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm being naive. I, I don't know, but I, I just don't really see a problem here. I understand it's popular to hate on NFTs and it's easy to hate on NFTs. I myself don't completely get them. I don't understand why people are buying these digital pictures of apes for hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't understand that. I don't think I'll ever understand that. To me, it just is pretty obviously at those top levels, money laundering. I don't see how there's any other way you can look at it. But these lower level NFTs, this is sort of a new frontier of microtransactions, I guess. And I don't really see how it's any different from a cosmetic microtransaction. In fact, I don't really see how you can argue that it's not better. I mean, it's a it's a uniquely owned cosmetic. To me, if anything, that's better than where we've already been at, unless these start being like super expensive, like ridiculously expensive and only like the most rich people who play these games can own it. And and if this is something that someone can resell, that's kind of cool too. I don't know. Then we're getting into some weird territory with like reselling digital assets within a game, like real world transactions, almost like real world auction house type stuff. And I understand that can be a little bit weird and, and off-putting, but the idea of owning and and when I say owning, I mean you are own you own it a unique cosmetic in a game or a unique part of a game is kind of a cool idea to me. I really don't hate it. And I think that it's just easy to hate on it and see the letters NFT and automatically dismiss it. But from what I'm hearing here, I like, I just don't, it's hard for me to just completely dismiss this and say that it's stupid because I, I just don't think it is. If there are, if cosmetics are already being sold in games and I've discussed this many times, I think that games are ex really expensive to make. They take a lot of time to make. They take a lot of resources. So I'm okay with, even in single player games, cosmetics being sold because if games are still going to be $60, even $70, developers these days have to recoup the costs and you get that by selling non-pay to win cosmetic, cosmetic type stuff. I'm okay with that. I am. As long as the game is still fair and the game is still good, I, I just don't care. You know, it's going to be controversial, but I just don't think it's that big of a deal. If anything, I think it's actually a better situation than where we're currently at. I, in Fortnite right now, I would rather buy some NFT unique skin than have the same skin as everyone else in the game. I just don't, I, I don't really see an, a negative, unless you're just totally against like purchasable cosmetics, which I totally get. I think we're just past that point. Like, it's just here. It's going to stay. Like, it's just a thing now. If you're totally against that in general, I understand. But if anything, I think this is a step forward. Next story. If I haven't already lost everyone listening to the podcast. System Shock 2, the reboot, is set to launch next year. Now, the Kickstarter launched for this game in July of 2016. So it's been a while, but really not in terms of game development. Not that long, especially for that being the beginning of a Kickstarter. But the development from Night Dive Studios was later halted at some point before resuming once again. So it's also been a bit of a tumultuous development cycle for them. The game now, though, is being published by Coke Media's Prime Matter division. And so that's going to uh, be Night Dive's first publishing deal. Now, if you're not sure what System Shock is and you're a fan of Bioshock, well, you can thank System Shock. That is the spiritual... Uh, successor or Bioshock is the spiritual successor to System Shock. 
I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not totally in tune with what's going on here as far as how they have rights to this uh, system shock, unless like that has for some reason gone into public domain. But I think if it did, there'd be like a bunch of weird system shock mobile games, like people would be capitalizing on it. So I'm not really sure how that'll happen, how they are able to actually deliver this game, but it's happening and doesn't look bad. The Kickstarter video is, is intriguing and I know there are a lot of older gamers like myself, and when I say old, I mean like 30s, people even older than me who are more familiar with System Shock who, you know, this might be something that they're really interested in. And those are probably the same people that backed it on Kickstarter and helped make it a reality. So good for them. I'm, I'm glad that this game is finally coming out. I know it's had some difficulties. I think they were supposed to hit like September of this year. And when that time came and gone, I think they like didn't even say something. I, I didn't read into it enough, but I, I think like a, a date came where they hadn't said anything and it'd been a while and now they're finally talking and the game is coming. The game is coming next year, so fret not. All right, next story. Sam Lake, the creative director or a creative director at Remedy Games, confirmed on Twitter that Alan Wake 2 will be a third-person game. Now, I say that like it's some massive revelation. I, I guess there was some discussion about this. People might have been debating this, but yeah, I don't really think this is that big of news, but it is here because people clearly cared about it. But yeah, Alan Wake 2, it's going to be a third-person game. Again, fret not, your Alan Wake 2 is is going to be exactly what you want. So be happy. Alan Wake 2, going to be a good game. I need to play Alan Wake uh, at some point. I will. I'll get to it. It really seems like a game up my alley. Um, I know the, the the remaster just it just came out, right? It it was announced and like came out like a week later or something like that. It was in October, early October, something like that. I need to look into it a little bit more because I, I do think it's a game that I would probably like. Anyway, moving on. Milo Gost Rezchek. I apologize if uh, that's not the correct pronunciation. The Polish voice actor for Vic from Cyberpunk 2077 and Vesemir from The Witcher 3 has passed away. So rest in peace to Milo Ghost. Sad, uh, but honestly, I have no connection to him. I play the games in in English, and this is the Polish voice actor. Obviously, the original voice for the games, because they are Polish games. So, you know, major characters, sort of your your two main uh, mentor characters, I'll say, in, with Vic and, and, and Cyberpunk and Vesemir and Witcher kind of like a fatherly figure almost and people I'm sure loved the voice actor so sad to sad to see him pass away I think he was I think he was only like 62 or something like that uh I mean 60 as well not not 62 like the number but sad always always sad never like to see someone from the gaming community pass away but at least we can appreciate the awesome work that he's done and he will forever be immortalized in those games and then final story of the day. This is about Vodio Games. They created the first video game workers union in North America officially. It's a small studio of 13 fully remote devs in the US and Canada. Kind of a weird situation because it's a small studio, 13 people. They're all fully remote. They all have good benefits already. They only work four days a week already. So sort of weird that they would feel the need to create this union. I, I, you know, it's the, it's the first one in video games. So I guess that's kind of a big deal, but this is sort of a studio that 
is very small and no one really has has really heard of. Uh, they have one game that some people were talking about, uh, some sort of puzzle game, I believe. But good for them. This, I guess, is going to lock in benefits for them, which is good in case the studio grows. To me, this sort of seems like a, the employer putting this good word out there as a sort of hiring tool. You know, if that's the, their strategy to do this, I guess, if anything, that's a good strategy because it benefits the workers for the most part. I will say, you know, the workers were already happy and they got everything they already wanted. This is just sort of solidifying that. So now they, you know, they'll be paying their their union dues while already getting what they had. So it's sort it's a little different. It's not like a studio that's AAA and had to fight for it sort of like what Blizzard is doing right now. I think that when something like that happens, it will be a big step. It will be a massive step, obviously. But again, I've said this before on this show, I have a really hard time seeing that happening. You know, this is a situation where the employers were welcoming it. And like I said, I think it it benefits everyone in this case because the employers can go out and use this as a as a hiring tool saying, you know, we're the only North American video game studio with with a workers union. You know, that right especially right now that is a very powerful thing for them to be able to say. But it's going to be really hard to do this at a Ubisoft, a Riot, a Blizzard, a Bungie whatever you know these big triple a studios in a passion industry i've said it many times on the show it is if not impossible nearly impossible to do this sort of thing so good luck to those who are trying i have a hard time envisioning it happening but we'll have to wait and see and you know there's sort of disagreement among the groups as to in discord today as to whether or not this is a big deal with what happened today with Vodio games some saying that it they aren't really sure if this actually does much because it is such a small studio and and others saying that you know this is setting a precedent so you know we'll have to wait and see what what the case is and and where things go from here but regardless it is interesting and it is a story absolutely because it is such a hot issue in games right now specifically game development and that sort of culture and and structure. So it's it's a story, but I don't know how big of a story it is. So we'll have to wait and see. But that's it. Short episode. I told you guys it was going to be short. I don't have anyone to bounce my ideas off of in this one. Paul and I would have spent some time probably really discussing the, the whole Vodio Games thing and, and their union and, and sort of having a good discussion about that. But he is not here today. So because he is going to have different thoughts than I did about it, hopefully he can uh, express some of those on Friday's episode. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. But before we go, we have a Patreon. If you enjoy this show and the other content on goodnightgroups.com, like the Game Grooves podcast, like Southern Fried Grooves, like our reviews. And if you're feeling generous, please take a look at the Patreon at patreon.com slash goodnightgroups. You can look at our three different support tiers over there. The $3 tier gets you early access to the Game Grooves podcast so you can listen on Friday instead of Sunday, two days early. And if you're enjoying the show as well, this will take you like 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes max. Please consider dropping a five-star review on Apple Podcasts for GG Replay. And if you listen to Game Groups for that as well, it would be greatly appreciated. I want to see the first one pop up. We don't have any yet. I would love to see the first one pop up so we can read it on the show, the first five-star review, and give a shout-out to whoever drops that. So, again, you know, it would be greatly appreciated. As would any and all support. 
you know, we love doing this show for you guys, but it makes it a lot easier to do it and, and to hopefully continue doing it going forward because it is very time consuming to have some some support from you guys. So if you like, and, and that can be something as easy as getting an email at ggreplayshow at gmail.com uh, from you guys and, and letting us know what you think about the show and having a dialogue. You know, it doesn't have to be monetary support necessarily, but just letting us know that you're out there and that you're enjoying it that really motivates us and keeps us going. So thank you all and uh, have a fantastic Thursday and we'll see you Friday. Hopefully with Paul back and uh, the two of us will be back together again. Have a good night guys.